Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Ball Girls. So today we're joined by special guest Marissa Pilla, who is a sideline reporter. She just finished a stint at the NWSL Challenge Cup for CBS Sports, and she also covers the MLS for FS1. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's so nice to talk to other people other than my dog about sports and, and why we like them. So it's nice to actually have human contact once again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we're so appreciative of you joining us. Oh, no problem. So I'll start it off. Um, when people look at sideline reporter job, people think it's a woman's job, but how do you feel empowered within that position? I think, um, you know, I, I don't mind that people think it's a, a girl's job um, because there's a lot of girls out here who are kicking ass on the sidelines. And if guys don't want to get into the game because maybe, you know, they think it's for girls, like I'll take all the opportunities you don't want to have. And I think on the sidelines, people kind of have forgotten why you're there. You're there to be the eyes and ears of the game. You're not there to kind of be another analyst most of the time, unless you're a former player, but you're really there to get into the nitty gritty of what's happening. Because even if your announcers are at the game, they don't hear everything. They don't see everything on the, on the sidelines. So that's what I kind of love about it. I love knowing things that other people don't know. Um, <laughs> I love finding out really interesting stories that aren't being told anywhere else. And I think one of the best challenges of my job is being able to tell those stories in like 10 to 15 seconds, where you really just want to get the meat of the story and be able to portray these athletes and coaches um, in, in the full detail that you're able to do in such a short amount of time. And that's kind of where I feel like it's an adrenaline rush because you got to get in and out and make sure that people understood what you just said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about the job too, but Obviously, you're covering soccer right now, but you've done so much in your career. Like, you've worked in football, basketball. You know, it's not even, like, track and field you've yeah. covered. So <laughs> do you find being super well-rounded as a broadcaster helps you in your job, even if now you're just covering one sport? For sure, because I think it's, one, it's always important to just understand all facets of what it means to be an elite athlete and what, what you see from a track and field player and how they use, you know, their meticulous training to do well and literally they have one chance and then they're out and their time at the meet is over. Whereas then you have someone in, you know, a soccer season where it is so long, you have months to perform it and really do well and multiple opportunities. So I really like having that variety. Also, I just, I'm like you guys, like I just like sports a lot <laughs> and I want to be anywhere and everywhere I can be. Um, but those opportunities have really helped me look at other athletes differently. And sometimes I'll hear a story about something that happened to an athlete, maybe in soccer. And I'll think, oh, that reminds me of this person, maybe in basketball or, or college football. And I'm able to kind of draw comparisons of, you know, unifying themes that kind of go across all sports. And it helps with interviews. It helps with just getting to know players too. Of course. Yeah, no, I completely, like, I love that. Just in general, you know, you don't care what the sport is. You're ready to tackle it on. And yeah, it's very inspiring for other young journalists. Like, even if, you know, you are a soccer fan, go cover whatever you want because and it'll think, make you a better person. Yeah, and I think that's the best thing when you're starting out is um, you might not be covering exactly what you want to be covering. When I started out, I was driving, you know, an hour to cover uh, high school hockey for free um, <laughs> for a streaming service. And, you know, I was losing money going to these games. And. I'm not a huge high school hockey fan, but I went there to get that experience and I covered a lot of field hockey. I covered a lot of sports that aren't necessarily like, oh, like the hot topics. 
but from that you learn a lot you make a lot of connections and I think that's the best advice for anyone who's trying to get into uh, sports reporting sideline reporting is just in the beginning take as many opportunities as you can no matter how obscure they might seem for sure so like Haley mentioned you have like you wear many different hats do you find that you face burnout within these different opportunities um I think it's I think in the beginning I definitely did because when you're young and you're just starting out and even now like there's just that need and maybe it's the former athlete in me that I just want to keep doing more and I really want to just I love working and I know I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to say that because not everybody can say they love their job but I do and I love to work so sometimes when I was starting out I was so eager to get any opportunity that I was double booking myself or I was you know doing too many games and then you have to realize like what are the upsides of these opportunities and still saying yes to as many things as you can but making sure you can give your 100% because I was finding that I wasn't prepared for certain games or I had no idea what I what kind of role they were looking out of for me so as important it is for you to do your prep behind the scenes you also need to have a strong understanding of what they're expecting from you because you could show up thinking you did a great job and they're like no we want you to do x y and z so I did experience burnout in the in the beginning for sure. But now I think, you know, I kind of have a better idea of where my season is going. And it's just, I have to be, I can't procrastinate, which is like the hardest thing in the world, but I try to do little to-do list every day to stay on top of it. For sure. It's funny. You said about preparation. I saw your picture of all your game notes from the challenge tab, like all that paperwork yeah. which is insane and shows the attention to detail you pay to sport. But kind of touching on that, since you cover both men and women's soccer, is there one that you kind of like covering better or not to, you know, throw you under the bus against any one league, just genuinely curious? Um, I don't know, because I fell in love with soccer through women's soccer as a kid. You know, I'm one of those people where the 99ers, their posters were all over my walls growing up and I wanted to be Julie Foudy. I wanted to be Mia Hamm. I realized I was not them. So I thought maybe I could talk about them. So like they really ignited my love. Um, but I always was growing up watching men's soccer too. They're just very different. I think, especially in the women's game at NW in NWSL, like you have such high elite players almost on every team. You have internationals on every team and that really makes it exciting. And on the men's side, you have so many different people from different cultures and, and countries. And that kind of brings in a lot of different flavors and styles. I can't pick just one, but Oh, that's so hard. I don't know. I'm going to just say they're both my favorite. <laughs> that's a good answer. I respect that. So you just came out of the bubble life um, and we've seen how well that worked out. How do you feel that sports like football can like what they can take away from that experience? I think, you know, everybody in our bubble was just really respectful of the bubble. You know, when you saw people, they were wearing masks um, and everybody there was hand sanitizing everywhere. And Whenever I wasn't wearing a mask for an interview, I always asked the person if they were comfortable with me taking off my mask. They, they knew I was in the bubble getting tested like they were, but still, like, I think during this weird time, you have to realize that what makes you comfortable might not necessarily make somebody else comfortable, and you have to respect that because this is all uncharted territory for everyone. So I think the biggest thing was just like abiding by the mask rule and every, making sure everybody was comfortable with the distance that we had and Sometimes the players kept getting closer to me and I had to keep moving away because <laughs> I'm like, you need to stay far away from me. Um, but I think those are some of the biggest lessons is just 
you know, we're all here because we love the game, um, but let's just respect one another as people too and, and get through a pandemic together. Yeah, of course. I'm kind of going back to your last uh, little spiel about how you grow up watching soccer. I feel the same way I had. They were like bootleg versions, but I had like three of the Mia Hamm training DVDs. I remember yeah. they were like red, white, and blue. <laughs> so seeing that and like somebody growing up loving soccer and then working in the NWSL, women's leagues, obviously, you know, they face so much criticism. But really mm -hmm. being on the inside there, what do you see about the league that the average fan or critic might not that like they should know when looking at leagues like this? You know, I think the, um, the Players Association and the NWSL has done so much. And Yael Averbush has really helped the league from so many different facets as a player. Now as a, as a retired player being involved and just them advocating for themselves and knowing exactly what they need. And I think a huge example of that was in this past tournament with all the moms. And, you know, there's so many moms in this league. And, you know, um, Amy Rodriguez is one who has two kids. And they were given the opportunity to bring their children with them, to bring caregivers with them. And it's not necessarily something you always think about because in a men's league, normally the dads are okay traveling and they're not the primary caregiver. But with a mom, it's, it's always different. So I think that was something that I, I really wanted to make sure people understood that there are moms here and, you know, for 90 minutes, they're a soccer player, but for the rest of the time, they're somebody's mom. And that's a huge burden, not burden, but huge responsibility to also carry and be able to balance all of that. And we did a story about that with, um, I, it was Chicago playing North Carolina and it was Jess McDonald, um, uh, Vasconcelos and, um, oh gosh, why, Sarah Gordon. Um, and all of their, three of the eight moms in the tournament were playing in one game and all their kids were in the stands and it was really cool because they made signs and it was just really, really sweet. And I got to meet a lot of the kids and they're, I, they don't know like how cool their moms are and I'm trying to talk, your mom's really cool um but I think that was the biggest thing is like you know they're with any league these athletes are people but especially in the NWSL like they're moms and they're somebody's mother and, and that's a huge role too absolutely I agree Haley I'm gonna let you ask another question because my last question is not sport related <laughs> I think you have another one that is I do I did I miss one? Oh just in general kind of when it comes to being a woman in sports broadcasting we a lot of our women a lot of our women a lot of our guests on this show are women and it's kind of half intentionally half because of who you are and what you do not because you're a woman in sport mm -hmm. you're just generally somebody we look up to but do you find even now being somebody who's covered so many sports and has kind of established their career that you still personally face criticisms from people like outsiders I think you know women I can't speak to what men in sports face, because I'm, I'm not a man, but um, <laughs> with like women in sports, I know one of the things I get so annoyed about is when people um, are like overly critical about what I'm wearing or maybe what my hair looks like or the shade of lipstick I decide to go on. And I just want to, and even when I'm watching TV with other people and a reporter will come on, they'll be like, oh, what's with her hair? I'm like, are you listening to her? Because she's prepared for hours for this 15 second hit, like listen to what she's saying. And I think that's a cultural thing where we're just so fixated on how women look on TV. Um, and it happens with guys too, like, oh, what's with that tie sort of thing. But I think with women, it's, there's so many things people can be critical of, like your hair, your makeup, just your face in general, I've gotten comments on. And it's just, it's frustrating, but you have to realize like, 
I'm here for people to listen to me. So let me perfect at least what I'm saying. Um, and hopefully that'll break through. And that's kind of the most annoying thing is, or, you know, people assuming that you might be there just to meet athletes or you were there, you know, just to be um, a girl. And you're like, no, I'm here because I, I like, I, I love to be here. You know, I was having a Twitter exchange with some, I forget who, somebody on online. And they said like, the worst question I get asked is like, oh, you're a sports reporter. Do you like sports? And it's like, no, I decided to get into this crazy competitive business with long hours, like, you know, just for fun. Like, of course I like sports. That's why I'm here. So that's a little annoying too. It's like, why would you assume I would follow this as a career if I didn't enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, agreed. Especially the one that kills me is the one like, oh, you're here to meet men. I'm like, if I'm trying to meet a man, I want to meet Zach Efron. I'm yeah. wondering if business. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, why would I, it's just, it's like, did you become an accountant to meet people? Like, you know, it's <laughs> a question that you have to ask right back. So <laughs> yeah, you take it as it comes, but I've noticed it hasn't been, you know, as bad as, you know, growing up and, and, listening to some women who had come before me and what they went through was, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky that they were there to break those really hard barriers and the little annoyances we have now. And of course, there's still a huge problem with like sexual harassment in, in the workplace and that needs to really be refined. But, you know, the steps women took before us to, for us to be here and make it a little easier, you know, I'm very grateful for. Of course. Uh, and so my last question is you do a lot of work with uh, foster dogs with Pila's pups. Uh, yeah. Explain how you got really into that and if you want to continue to grow it more or what the future yeah. I love dogs. If it was up to me, I'd have like 15 right now, but I have one. Um, her name's Lucy and she is extremely needy, but I think that's from my own <laughs> downfalls because I think of that way. But we adopted her when she was eight weeks old and um, we adopted her from a shelter in the city and I started to notice that, you know, there's so many dogs in their windows and there's so many other shelters in the cities and people don't know these dogs are out there. So I, I reached out to um, two, two or three different shelters and I would go around and just kind of do little videos with their adoptable dogs and share them just because shelters are so strapped when it comes to their budgets and volunteers and what they're able to do. And I thought, you know, I don't have a massive following, but at least it could be different people. Um, so I would love to keep doing it. We had to take a pause. Um, we did some right before the pandemic hit, and then we kind of had to take a pause because they weren't allowing people in and out of the shelter. But I would love to continue it and, you know, continue to do, my, she's like walking around right now, <laughs> um, work with adoptable dogs and, and shelter dogs and especially pit bulls in the city because I feel like they get such a bad rep. Um, but they're really big sweeties and they just want to be somebody's baby. And I just <laughs> want to be able to find them all homes. I know I want a pit bull so bad, like when I get old and get my own place. So, <laughs> so I recently, a couple months ago, me and my husband were actually driving through West Philly and we found like a stray dog on the side of the road, this like little mama pit bull. And we took, put her in our car and we brought her to a shelter. And like, I was like tracking her status every day I named her Rosie I'm like is she okay is she happy and then she got adopted so I was like huge stress off of my shoulders oh that's my goodness that is so <laughs> sweet well that's everything we had for you and we're so appreciative of you joining us we always open the floor to our guests if you have anything for us we are more than open to questions 
uh, yeah, you, how did you guys start your podcast together? Because, you know, I always admire people who have their own podcasts. I'm thinking of starting one of my own, and I'd love any advice you have. So we went, we're in school together still, technically. But so we met in school. We only met in January, which is wild because like, it feels like I've known Jordan for like 20 years now, but we met. And then there was one particular day in class. It was so funny. We thought we were going to get in trouble because we're people, you know, we always talk to each other and like, we make not comments, but like, you know, facial sometimes and stuff like that. So I think Jordan made a facial and I laughed and our professor like looked at us. And then he's like, I want to talk to you two after class. And you're like, this is it for us. We're done. We're getting done. And then he's like, you know, um, I try and split you two up a lot, like in group projects and stuff, he tries to get us away from each other because we're attached to the hip. And he's like, but I think you two would make a really good podcast together. Like you guys have really similar personalities. You bounce off each other. Well, I think you'd do great together. We were like, oh, thank you. So then this was in about March, I think, beginning of March, end of February, maybe. And then the pandemic hit, whatever. And then in May, because our semester got pushed. So then Mm -hmm. in May, we were like, we're both kind of bored, like, what should we do and then we were trying to brainstorm names that was the hardest part i love the name by the way i think it's really cute thank you it took us forever like we literally had like we were like ground break hers (laughs) game change hers and she was like no we're not doing that that's how it formed and then a couple episodes in i was like we should start getting guests on here and then kind of blew up in a sense like that's so great and I love that like your teacher was the one that kind of gave you that thought because I feel like kind of starting is the hardest part and when you feel like you have that backing from someone or at least someone who thinks it's a good idea you know that really means a lot no absolutely yeah Yeah. do it guys you only and it's doing so well thank you but we really appreciate having you on. Honestly, it means so much, especially somebody like I played soccer for 15 years, like seeing women in soccer. I'm like, that could be me, you know? Of course. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks for hopping on. Yes. We really appreciate it. All right. Ready whenever you are. Sorry. So thank you so much to Marissa for joining us. If you want to follow her, which you should, her socials are Pilla underscore talk on Twitter and Marissa underscore Pilla on Instagram. But as always, we're going to get into our sports news, talking about Jordan's favorite team, the Houston Astros. We're back at it again. Um, I don't understand why there's no penalization for the team. There's no equality going on between the punishments. Um, kind of weird because it was kind of a reverse situation of what happened with Joe Kelly. Um, right. So on Sunday, Astros were playing the Oakland Athletics and we had Leonardo, and he was hit three times during this series. Take that in. Three times. Some players go, like, how long without being hit? But three times this series. So, obviously, you're going to be a little peeved off by the third time you're hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, he gets hit by uh, Casalinos, rookie pitcher. And he starts kind of, he wasn't, I won't say yelling at him. He's kind of. He was speaking loud, but it didn't look like he was mad, to be totally honest. Right. He's kind of saying, like, you need to pitch the ball like it was straight kind of thing. Like, you need to have a curve, something along those lines. And um, he's walking to first, whatever. He seems fine. But then you have the uh, – let me also backtrack. Dusty Baker was kicked out of the game because he was questioning the strike zone. So, first off, he's gone. So, and then you have our hitting coach, not ours. I don't claim that. Uh, Cytron. I don't, I don't, 
no. Um, he starts yelling at Leonardo at first base and he like, they're conversing, whatever. So, and then he kicks his leg up and he goes like this. Is this not an instigating move? A hundred percent, yes. One thousand, yeah. So then obviously Leonardo goes and runs at him. He get, then gets tackled by like, everyone's like, oh, it was one player. I'm sorry. He was being held back by uh, the hitting coach, Cytron, by two players. And then I'm pretty sure two players took down Leonardo. So I wouldn't yeah. take that. He didn't get bodied. I wouldn't consider that being bodied. We have four guys, kind of four or five guys against you. Yeah. But yeah, he gets ejected from the game. Um, will he be suspended? Will he face any repercussions from it? We don't know, but if you're a coach instigating a fight, I understand like players, maybe players on player, and then you're a coach instigating a fight. What do you Hello. mean? You're an adult. <laughs> exactly. Well, technically they're all adults, but you're ultra adult. <laughs> yeah, you're ultra adult. You're the elite adult. No, I agree though. And I understand the anger and frustration that comes to people when they're playing the Astros. It's not fair. This is your literal job. I know people are like, oh, some people take sports too seriously. But it's literally these people's jobs. That is how they provide for the families and stuff like that. Obviously, they want to win. They've worked their whole lives for this. And when people are cheaters, I understand, you know, when you see these people, you want to kill them. But, like... Well, like, that, no Astros players were hit this whole series. Yeah, like, what Five total on Oakland were hit. Yeah, like, who... What did Oakland ever do to you? Like, does Verlander have to carry the team? I don't get it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just... It anyways, I'm pretty sure it's right now, so... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't like, get it. Like, I don't know why the Astros are trying to, like, start things when you guys are the cheaters, but... <laughs> now it's the Astros versus the whole state of California. Dodgers, then you have Oakland. It's going to be Astros versus the whole league soon. And oh. <laughs> we are here for that team. We are very here. But moving on from that, there's a lot that's been happening with baseball. Um, we have players partying. Specifically, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, yeah, that's an absolute shit show right now. Uh, it just came out. So originally, it was Plezak, Zach Plezak. Um, he just started. He just became a starting pitcher, I believe, this year for them, like a promising one. Uh, so he's in the rotation, and he had a win. Uh, was seven to seven and one. Yeah, win on the weekend against the White Sox, and he's from 45 minutes around, 45 minutes away from the Chicago area, so I guess he went out with friends. Well, he's supposed to be on team protocol, so he left the hotel, went out. So then <laughs> the Indians are like, no, 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 we're not doing this. You're going home back to Cleveland on, in a rental car. You're driving yourself five and a half hours. <laughs> like, goodbye. Um, so yeah, he has to test negative twice before he's allowed to be back with the team. Because obviously you wouldn't want him to mingle with the team. But then it came out that Mike Clevenger was with him that night. And Mike Clevenger came back on the plane with them. Like, did you learn nothing from the Marlins and the Phillies? Did you learn nothing? Uh, like, it's, I'm speechless. Um, like, I understand if you're going to open up bars and stuff. Like, even here I was talking about it, like, bars are open, patios are open, and shit like that, but, like, do you want to be a test on me? Right? Like, are you trying to get COVID? What is, especially, like, we just said, this is your job, this is how you provide for your families and stuff like that, and obviously some of them who are out partying don't have families, so they're very selfish, but it's, like, you're putting your teammates who do have families in a jeopardized position. Like, are you proud of yourself? Yeah, I'm not quite sure on what the thought process was. It was probably, like, okay, I've had two claws, let's go. 
Yeah. Lights, let's go. Um, yeah, kind of just, I don't understand it. I was gonna make another point, but it's honestly way over my head right now. Screw that. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's being optioned right now. So he skipped his turn in the rotation. Clevenger, I think, is missing his turn tomorrow, it's supposed to be. So Tuesdays, which would be today, because virtually we release this on Tuesdays. So <laughs> I love math and thinking. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, he big yikes. Anyways, one last part of baseball. Well, also meant to say, people get mad at Strowman for opting out. I understand it's kind of it could be seen as suspect that he just opted out for family reasons. Half, not halfway through the season, but this far in the season, players yeah. are gonna opt out, whatever. But then a lot of people also just hate Strowman. So honestly. Anything to do with him, I'm so indifferent. If it was another player, I'd really have more of an opinion, but I really... He's just kind of there in the baseball world, to be honest. Well, like, he just gives me bad vibes. Oh my god, I just vibe-checked him. I just vibe-checked him. No, but it's true. Like, it's like, everyone was like, oh no, I'll never see Stroman and Grichak. But it's like, truly, it's like he... You know, let your skills talk for you. Let your play on the pitch or field talk for you don't like be this big man on twitter and like start all this stuff you just block people like right honestly would not be surprised if we aired the show and we got blocked i would doubt that he listened to it but somehow like if tomorrow i go on the ball girls twitter and marcus from blocked us we'll know uh yeah anyways moving on to more of a serious topic so Last July, July 1st, uh, Tyler Skaggs, pitcher of the Angels, passed away. Um, was found in a hotel room, I believe it was in Texas, um, with a mix of fentanyl and alcohol, and choked in his own vomit kind of thing. Um, big yikes. But it's been, there's been an ongoing investigation, and Eric Kay, he used to be the director of communications for the team, uh, I, I seen the text messages. I tried to find them today and I couldn't find them, like the transcripts of them. But basically they've ruled that he is the main suspect in the case that he was giving them to him. I believe they both had some type of drug issues um, and they kind of fed off each other with them, which is yikes. Um, but anyways, yeah, if he's found convicted, he can face up to 20 years in prison. So I believe he's supposed to see a judge Friday or yeah, on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very, it's hard because, you know, these people get into these toxic environments, you know, especially when you're super young and you have all this money and, you know, a lot of people who are single and don't have families, you go party and drugs and alcohol. Like, I get why it happens, but it's very sad, especially when, like, somebody who is supposed to be your coworker and, like, rooting for you, like, if that's happening, especially, obviously, addiction is a touchy subject, but, you know, people develop these things. You think of the, like, hockey players and football players and things like that who talk about their addiction and their struggles when they're in these circumstances. Like, it's so hard to get out of when other people are enabling you. And exactly. it's true. Because when you face addiction, truly, like, I've known from family members, like, my own father, like, he's always said, the only person who can get help is yourself. Yeah. And if you have people around you enabling your behavior, you're never going to want to get that help. And it's sad. Exactly. When I, like, the story, ooh, I think my mic just switched out. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> uh, sorry, my thing was totally, I didn't realize, 
but my mic was all the way over there. <laughs> my bad. But anyways, um, you know, it's that reminds me so much of the story with like Corey Monteith from Glee. Like just reading the similarities kind of with it. Yeah, but. it's very sad and it's very sad when these people with addiction and issues like that are around people who don't understand that like you can't put these people in these situations or it'll be deadly and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So but, we'll see going forward with the case, but we'll move on to something. I don't want to say happier, but yeah, restful like not, and yeah, not depressing. But yeah. so the video going around right now of my least favorite soccer player, Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's like having a meltdown. Now, apparently, the video was from him getting a red card in some sort of game, but the context of the video that was sent out was like. Because Juventus just lost to Lyon on aggregate in Champions League, which, mm-hmm. you know, Juventus is a team that wins, like, every single year. They Not Champions League, but, you know, they win every single year. To go to Champions League, they always do well. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the best players in the world. But there's this video of him, like, sobbing. And people were like, oh, he's a, a true athlete, you know? He's, he's crying. His, his teammates are like, you know, it's okay. And he's not okay with it. Like, what? Like, uh, they're like, oh god, it was just like after a loss, seeing him cry, like it shows he's so passionate. I'm like, oh my god, if I did that, it, like, I'm not gonna compare myself to Cristiano Ronaldo, but if I did that in my league, my mom would be like, I like, you're done, you're out, like, this is an embarrassment. If I just started crying on the ground, like, obviously, you get upset at times, yeah. I like, obviously, you frustrate, cry, but like, to have a full blown hissy fit on. The, the field, the pitch, like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, I remember when I was 18, it was my final game ever playing rep soccer. Um, our goalie went down, and I had to go in net, which was terrible, and we went into penalty kicks, and we lost, and I didn't stop a single shot, because I'm not a goalie. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why they always put me in, and I was crying, because I was like, I felt like it was my fault, but, like, this is a grown man. You're one of the best players in the world. You make hundreds of millions of dollars. You literally have played for Real Madrid. You've played for Manchester United. Portugal goes far in the World Cup every single year. You literally have never faced hardship in your life. To be fair, he's worked very hard to where he's getting. I'm not saying Ronaldo's not a hard worker, not talented. I'm not saying that. But, like, literally having a meltdown over – even if it's over a red card, like, are you kidding me? Like, it's part of the game. And he's, he's a flop. He's a big baby. That's why I don't like him. He's somebody yeah. who constantly is faking for penalties. And then you get a red card and you're having a meltdown. Like, it's part of the sport. Refereeing doesn't go your way. Like, I can think of the amount of teams I cheer for, like, on, like, in five seconds, the amount of games, I'm like, five outcomes of games could have changed if the refereeing was better. It's part of sport. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you get paid that much money, I guess you're allowed to cry the blues. Yeah, like, I, I can understand. I also hate losing more than I like winning. I understand. I'm extremely competitive. I hate it. But not to the point where I'm going to be, like, a 30-something grown man crying over a red card no we don't I choose to be Jared 19 <laughs> but like it there was a example comparing him to Serena Williams and obviously the situations were different she was kind of full-blown in that situation but then you're going to compare the two yet he's so courageous for crying and she's literally like a deranged woman yeah it's like Saint Sinclair Oh my god. No, no. but you're so right. Like Megan Rapinoe, your girl? No. 
like it's the narrative of women in sport like women react they're emotional they're crazy they're this men react it's like they're passionate um, w- women can't be passionate we gotta be crazy like have i seen mike trout pulling a hissy fit like that no and just to put it into that perspective no <laughs> we'll but, not watch a game ever again no we're not putting up with that but um speaking of kind of hissy fit so First of all, I, this is so funny. So Draymond Green has been fined $50,000, I believe, yeah, about okay. his comment about Devin Booker. So the Suns are six, they're now 6-0 and in the bubble. They're the only undefeated team. Um, the Raptors lost to, I can't remember who the Raptors lost to, but the Raptors lost. That was another thing. All Raptors fans were like, we're also undefeated, just so you know, but the Suns came out of literally nowhere. This is the yeah. same Draymond Green who dropped 70 points in a game and the Suns still lost to the Celtics. So, like, this is bizarre that they're 6-0. and But so Draymond Green, um, he made a comment and said, um, get my man out of Phoenix. It's not good for him. It's not good for his career. I need my man to go somewhere where he can play great basketball at the time and win because he's that type of player. Devin Booker is amazing. Devin yeah. Booker is Like, I can't believe it. I remember, like, Two years ago, or three years ago, I guess, 2017 fall, the University of Kentucky tweeted out who would have been their seniors. And it was like Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, somebody else. Like, he's incredible. The Suns suck. Like, they do. They really yeah. do. It, just, it is what it is. They play in the Western Conference. They have to play with teams like the Lakers, uh, the Clippers, the yeah. Warriors. Like, I get it. But yeah. Draymond Green literally said that, which, like, any other in- analyst could say, and he was fined $50,000 for tampering. Like, that is so nuts. If Stephen Smith said that, he would get, obviously, like, people would be like, okay, like, whatever. Like, kind of weird. But 50K? Yeah, like, that is nuts. He's just doing his job as an analyst, and it's true. Like, Devin Booker on any other team would be winning a championship. But he plays for the Suns. He's got, like, Kelly Oubre Jr. kind of. And, like... Yeah that's about it like I don't know who he's supposed to play with but that was just not what did they uh, what did they call it T- not tampering but what was the actual fine the one I was reading was tampering they might have oh, tampering my bad yeah the one I was reading was tampering but you know it's like I don't understand what he's tampering with though like Devin Booker's not going anywhere and I was having this conversation with somebody the other day I'm like maybe Devin Booker likes being their guy you know yeah. it's if you go to the Warriors, you're not their guy. They have Steph Curry. They have Clay Thompson. You know, you go to the Celtics. They have Kemba Walker. They have Jalen Brown. They have Jason Tatum. You're not going to be their guy. In the yeah. Phoenix, he is their guy. He's going to yeah. get all the money he wants. He's going to get all the playing time he wants. Yeah, he's not going to win, but why is he going to leave? Yeah, you're getting the money. Like, obviously, you play for a champion like, uh, to win, but then if you're going to get money, but you're losing. Exactly. Like, you're my guy. It's your job at the end of the day. Like, yes, everyone wants a championship. We get it. But when you know it's out of reach, like, carry your coin. Well, look at Connor McDavid, buddy boy over there. He's making uh, fine dollars. Points were made. But we're not winning. <laughs> How could a team with Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl not make the playoffs? Canada first. That's not my guess. Truly. But, yeah, that, yeah. that's not about the Suns. They're 6-0. We love that for them. But um, something that was very interesting that happened was that there uh, there was some tea in the golf world, which... Very strange. Very, very strange. Well, first off, PGA Championship, 
was this past weekend. So we'll fill you in on that. Um, I golf, but I have no idea what the hell is going on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is going to be very fun and fresh and funky for us. I, for myself at least, Haley, I don't know how much of a golfer you are or no golf. The thing is, I'm not, like, a golfer in the sense that, like, I couldn't play. I wouldn't even know how to swing. But I follow golf because my dad loves golf. My dad loves Phil Nicholson. Mm. And I think Bubba Watson. Yeah. Not Bubba Wallace. Never forget. Well, that was a big... (laughs) But, like, I love love Jordan Spieth. I love Rory McIlroy. Like, I follow golf. But Rory McIlroy was part of the drama. But it didn't involve him, which is hilarious. So I guess Brooks Koka made a comment about Dustin Johnson, like, won one major. That's great. Yeah. Brooks Koka won the Masters two years ago, I think, 2018, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but he won a Masters. But, yeah, I think it was him. And then I almost said Serge Ibaka. That's not right. But the guy, Sergio, I think, is the other Masters winner from 2019. Or maybe he did. I'm, like, confused. This thing, there's so many different winners. Oh. Well, yeah, that too. But it's like, there's so many different winners in tournaments because there's the four majors. Obviously, there's the PGA yes. Championship, the US Open. I think it's the Australian Open. Like, I, I like golf. I watch it with my dad. I don't really watch it on my own time as much as I probably could. But, um, oh no, he didn't win the Masters. What the hell did he win then? Maybe he won the PGA Championship last year. That's what it was. Because it was Sergio Garcia who was thinking it was 2017, Patrick Rube was 2018. How did I forget that Tiger Woods won the Masters in 2019? I don't know who that is. How did I have that that? What is wrong with me? Who was Tiger Woods? Never heard that name. Never heard that name. But yeah, so Brooks Koka won, I think it was the PGA Championship. But basically, what happened was, he made this comment about Dustin Johnson being like, oh, he's only won one major, yada, 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 whatever. Um, Which is like, just play your own game. Like, quite literally... In golf, you're only worried about yourself, so I don't get it. But, so, Rory McIlroy comes out. And Rory McIlroy, I don't think he's ever won. He's won the PGA Championship, I believe. But he basically said that Dustin Johnson has three times the amount of wins of Brooks Koka. So, why are you making any comments, sir? Mm -hmm. But it was just wild that, like, there's so much drama in the golf world because... Like, I don't know. It's, like, an individual sport. You know, you don't have teammates because I get it in team sports when, like, tensions run high, you know. When you're on a losing streak, you, like, get mad yeah. after, you know, your teammates and stuff like that. But, like, why are y'all chirping each other? Well, like, he like he was, like, is it supposed to, like, Rory McIlroy, he's, like, is this supposed to be a mental game? Like, the person that you probably shouldn't be trying to play them on is Dustin Johnson because he's not – he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Which, literally, that guy is – raining in his own pit yeah. like um, you are you're a great golfer and your father-in-law's Wayne Gretzky couldn't get any better you guys need victory <laughs> but seriously okay I've corrected myself so Brooks Koka has two majors he won the U.S. Open in 2017 and 2018 and then the PGA Championship in 2018 and 2019 so he did win in 2018 I was not wrong about that it's had the wrong tournament um, my apologies to Patrick Reed. Apologies to this man. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that was also the winner is a 23-year-old. So just showing that we are, again, failures to society. Usually it's us talking about Patrick Mahomes, but now it's Colin Morikawa. I believe that's how you say it. Yeah, uh, in 2019. Yep. 
and I am here again in my parents' house with $16 to my name. Um, I, I don't live with my parents. My mom does pay half my rent because I would never be able to afford it on my own. I also have about, you know, eighteen fifty to my name. So we love that for us. So honestly, great on him. Um, I guess that's where we should be working a bit harder. Um, Brooke Henderson, watch out. <laughs> we always see Jordan on those greens. Brooke, watch your back. Watch your man. <laughs> um, yeah, and then moving along, we have some hockey. Hockey? We haven't talked about hockey yet, right? No, we yeah. haven't talked okay. about hockey. So, here's the dealio. So, first off, as a Toronto gal, um, upset to say the least, but not surprised. Um, did I eat 10 hot dogs and do I regret it? 100% yes. Um, but yeah, Leafs are gone. Uh, Rangers are gone. Rangers got the first overall pick tonight and the ball was heavy and it's a conspiracy. It was definitely planned because they have not had a pick since 1965. So now there's only two teams, I believe the Kings and the Canucks that have no first overall picks like ever or like the longest, not sorry, not ever, but the longest drought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lafreniere is going there. Um, I honestly just have a vendetta because of uh, Tony D'Angelo. Just guy is the Marcus Stroman of the league. Sure. No, not Marcus Stroman. That's kind of a bad comparison. Um, the the Aubrey devil Hoffman of the league. <laughs> Pardon? The devil of the league, truly. Yeah, the Aubrey Huff. So basically right now, I'm just so shocked that the Habs are still there. Penguins, I'm gonna go with the 75% 85% gut feeling that they totally were like let's try to get the first overall pick yeah and we got a better like percentage at that than winning the cup let's just kind of blow this um good tactic I guess but the Habs who had like a 2% chance 2.4% chance to even make the playoffs are now ahead of the Leafs that's bizarre there's three Canadian teams the Canucks the Flames and the Habs like wasn't it just like two or three years ago when there was literally no teams from Canada in the playoffs? Yep. Yep. That's great on them. Um, if I had to pick one of those teams, I'm going to go with the Flames. Oh, me too. I'm a Johnny Gaudreau girl. I love him. Do you like his man bun? I'm mocking you right now. So. <laughs> Yours is cuter, but his is a good second. Um, Sam Bennett just looks like a camp counselor in the <laughs> bubble right now, so I'm going to go with him. But um, yeah, but overall, I had to pick a team. I'm going to go with the Canes. That's my, like any team that wins at this point, I really don't like, I'm happy with it. Yeah. You're Blackhawks. Um, love that for you. Love. We're going to get slapped by Vegas probably, but it's fine. We got one Nylander left. So <laughs> We're rooting for him. I uh, know I'm going to go with Canes because I miss Reimer and I miss Jake Gardner with the passion. If the Avalanche, after the Avalanche win, I will laugh because of Tyson Berry, but cry because of Kadri. Yes. Very emotional going through this. Um, yeah. Just hope every team has fun. Yeah, we just want everyone to have a good time in the NHL bubble. Yeah, and it seems that they are. Um, sad to see teams going off like Big Brother. <laughs> it's true, though. It's so it's sad because now it's just like, hey, well, like, like I want to see more about players in the bubble. If you look at the NBA bubble, that shit's popping off. Literally, get it? Popping. But... What's poppin'? Jack Harlow, Lou Williams? 
Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. Okay. But anyways, um, that's all I really got for hockey right now. We just got to keep watching. Yeah. Keep trying. The last thing is obviously, so there was like literal chaos today. <laughs> chaos with the cancellation of college football season. So first it came out that the Big Ten was like canceled. They were like, they're done. It's done. Everyone was like, oh my God. Justin Fields was like on live with Ohio State. They were like taking their promo shots for the new season, like while this happened. Everyone was like, what the hell? Then it came out, they were like, presidents never actually met. It was athletic directors and nobody voted. We we're like, where the hell? And then it was like, there's an emergency conference with power five presidents. And then it was like, no, it wasn't the presidents, it was the athletic directors. There's just so much misconstrued information. And it reminds me of when Kobe Bryant died in the sense that people want to get the story first and they get it wrong. So there was so many people, especially people who work in athletics, like that is their job. And not just like in sports in general, but like, like I worked for my athletics department in the university. A lot of people, they work for the athletics department. So many people I follow on Twitter, they're like the director of social content and stuff for XYZ University. Like, love that. Love that school. It's my favorite school. I love the XYZs. But you know what I mean? Like, these are people's jobs. And everyone's like, I'm finding out just as soon as you are. Like, we don't know anything. So yeah. as of right now, they said that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to cancel Tuesday. But then you've got the players and coaches of these teams being like, no, we want to play. And it's like, now there's talk of, you know, teams going to other conferences. Like, the SEC is like, everyone come to us. We love it. Like, it's just a huge mess. And obviously, I love college football. That's my favorite sport. And it, it kind of makes me laugh when people are like, oh, all the college football fans are going to be big mad if it gets canceled. It's like, for me, like, think of Leafs fans. That's the youth college football. I didn't grow up watching hockey. I grew up watching college football. Like, that's what means something to me. But just nobody knows what's going on. I'm still confused. I would love for there to be college football. Of course, I want safety first. But also these players, they created this, like, union but not a union and saying, we want to play. And they said, anyone who feels unsafe, you can opt out and keep your eligibility. That's what they're fighting for. The same way that players who opted out can keep their salary. Like, health and safety comes first, but these are unpaid players, and they're begging you to play. Yeah, that, exactly. It's probably, like, I don't know, but didn't Trump comment on it today saying they need to play or something like that? Like, I didn't know that he had stakeholders in uh, the Big Ten. Right? Like, he was, like, these players want a season. I think he quote-tweeted Trevor Lawrence's tweet. And everyone was like, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be in this position, but go off, sis. <laughs> so, yeah, I um, I will be very sad. If you, I, I thought the season was canceled, and then it was like, no, it's not. I don't know what's happening. I will be very sad if it is canceled, but also I understand if it is. But then you're also going to screw up recruiting and transfer players. It's a whole mess. And the NCAA is, like, literally hiding under the covers because it's like if you – realize that these aren't student athletes and they're employees then that creates a whole thing with payment the ncaa is so corrupt uh, i literally do not have the time to get into that but yeah it should be interesting yeah we'll see how it goes i texted Haley. was it yesterday last night i texted yeah, you were like are you okay i was like what happened you're like what happened is everything okay and i was like big 10 hello and you're like oh no like i don't know we're still finding out i was like okay <laughs> Yeah, no, trust me. And then like, today happened. <laughs> like, Jordan and I didn't know each other when Urban Meyer left um, Ohio State, but, like, I literally was so sad. My dad texted me, like, just check in to make sure you're okay and didn't, like, harm yourself. <laughs> so, Jordan will know. If you don't see me next week, it's because the big time was canceled. 
And this is going to be me here sitting here like, <laughs> how about those canes? <laughs> I knew. That's just, all. I don't know what I was going to say. Take it away. <laughs> I'm just like, the problem with these like Zoom calls and just like talking in general is like so awkward when you cut somebody off that you're like, hey, ooh, ooh. I know. Like I had a call today and there was six, eight of us, maybe. I don't even, I'm going to guess that number because I don't know how many voices I heard. Um, but it was just on the phone. So it was like a conference call and I don't know the other people in the call. I only know like two people. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know when to speak. I don't know what's going on. And then, so they talked over each other, but then I guess they said my name in the midst of that happening. So then I just kept sitting there with my phone on mute. They're like, Jordan? I was like, hi, sorry, have no idea what you just said. It was so awkward. I'm like, ay, 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 yada. So hard. Like, it's hard between the two of us. You can only imagine with eight people. There was one time I had to do a conference call. Um, I was volunteering for uh, this hockey organization, and I was doing it with a girl that I worked with at Bauer. Um, and we were sitting on the call and we put ourselves on mute because I think there was a hundred and something people on the call and we were just texting each other like what the hell is going on right now and they were like listing every person's name giving them like roles for like this volunteer event me and my friend were just crying laughing texting each other like what is going on this is like an absolute shit show right now a hundred people that's nuts like 10 people it's too much even like a zoom call in class but there's no organization and like three people shout at once like you hate to see it but anyways that's all from us this week so as always thank you so so much for your support and joining us and we will see you next week toodaloo <laughs>